four games, three finals, two cups, one promotion. Welcome to the Colcast. This is the final week in our first ever season, and what a hell of a week this will be in one hell of an inaugural season. Back in July on our first ever show, when we were reviewing the first ever game against Prestatton Town, no one at the club would have had any idea that the last four games of the season would read final, semi-final, final and final. For any club, that's an amazing achievement, never mind in a first year. And considering this is from a club whose ethos and foundations is more to do with what's off the pitch than what's on it. I'm your host, Paul Squires, and joining me this week as we begin to draw our first season to a close, our executive director and club media head honcho, Mr. Gary Johansson. Hello, mate. Hi, mate. You're OK? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Good, sir. Good, good, good. And also on the show is Mark Roberts, kit man, partisan and ex-player. Welcome, mate. Evening, Paul. Evening, mate. OK, so last Saturday saw us taking our dear friends and promotion rivals, which is Allport, in a playoff semi-final at Stadio Butelio. And despite a cagey cup final last game, we grabbed the win and progressed to the final. We'll talk more about the game and preview the final later on, but this week we've got an interview with Allport's media man, Mr Martin Wilde, and we discuss the day from their point of view, as well as the season as a whole, and what's next for the Reds. But let's get on with the quiz question. Okay, so it's mine this week, and it's a Macron Cup final-related one. It is an easy one, so I'm pretty sure it's going to be more for everybody at home to play along rather than you two, or certainly you, Gary. Um, okay, so who is the only current First Division side to have won the Macron Cup, and when? Okay, who is the only current First Division side to have won the Macron Cup and when? And I'm talking about the teams that are in it for this season, we're still in. Not anyone that's been relegated or anything like that, you know, in the last couple of weeks or so. So, Okay. Okay. All right. No, no yeah. questions to clarify or anything this week? Oh, that's a good question then. Okay, so let's have a think and we'll get the answer at the end. Okay, so before we get to the match discussion, let's hear about the news. There's one bit of news to go through, Gary. There is. It's just a recap, um, really. Obviously, um, people at the match on Saturday and who've seen social media pre that will know that we did um, a fundraising bucket collection for the Owen McFaith Foundation. Um, now, I have sent it to the league and it is on social media, but for those who haven't seen it yet, it's just to let everybody know that a total of um, £576 was raised on the day, which is a superb amount. Um, and out of that, £130 was donated by Alport, which is absolutely superb it's as brilliant, well. Brilliant, brilliant. It's fantastic. And basically, um, the reason how that, how that came about was um, Martin Wilde, who obviously we're going to hear from later, had listened into our podcast last week, so knew that we were doing the fundraising collection. So he organised with the fans and the players, etc., travelling down um, to do a collection to donate, um, which was excellent of them. So um, a total of five hundred and seventy-six pound donated to the Owen McVeigh Foundation last week. Um, now Martin did actually email me um, this week because he, he did a little write-up for the local paper up in um, Shropshire, and just something that. Um, he mentioned to me and I just wanted to share it basically he said at the end of the game um, on Saturday a lady came up to him at the end of the game and said that she'd lost her son in September and that she'd said to Martin that without this foundation she didn't know how she would have survived and that every single penny that is donated makes a massive massive difference so it's just it's fantastic it's it's excellent that our friends at Whitchurch have uh, have donated again they're, they're, they're renowned for that they're a fantastic club um, and it's just a nice little thing that somebody's come up to that lady's come up and sp- spoken to Martin at the end of the game so it shows um, that the, the money involved actually does make a difference of course it does and, and, and what it may, means to people who've lost children through that so um, on behalf of the Owen McVeigh Foundation a big massive thanks to everybody at Whitchurch definitely thank you very much okay um, so Saturday was a playoff semi-final against Whitchurch and I think when the season finished many players were both gutted that it meant that definitely one of us wouldn't be going up this season but also made up we would be meeting them again for the third time because of the fantastic mutual respect and friendship between the clubs it was a game that definitely had a cup final feel about it and the teams took a while to settle the nerves but luckily um, for us Mike Roberts was in the right place and took in the only goal uh, of the game to see us through off the pitch was an amazing atmosphere and we'll definitely go down go even further to cement that friendship Allport showed what a great club they are but not just everyone that brought the atmosphere and created the atmosphere they created but as we just said even that donation to the um, May Foundation too 
despite the defeat, Oldport had their end of season party later that night, um, and allowing time for the hangovers to clear. I spoke to Mark, uh, Martin Wilde, Oldport's media man, and the Twitter voice of the club that we all know and that we all love to talk to, um, and got his thoughts on how things were now that the dust had settled. Hi, I'm Simon Burton, City of Liverpool manager, and you're listening to the Callcast. Okay, so I'm here on the phone with Martin Wilde from Whitchurch Oldport. So, hello, Martin. Hi, Paul. How are you doing? I'm good, mate. How are you? How uh, how's the head after Saturday night? Well, I don't I don't get bad heads. I'm I'm, I'm approaching my mid fifties. I get, my my limbs go very very weary. I'm, I I get aching legs. So if you'd have asked me to play football yesterday, <laughs> I've had to throw in a sickie, mate. I'm afraid. Yeah, it was. Uh, <laughs> It was a heavy night on Saturday, let's play that way, and I've just about recovered today. Oh, good, good. I mean, obviously, commiserations about the result from, from your point of view. Um, I think everyone from both sides was absolutely gutted when we, when we both didn't make automatic promotion and when it meant that we were playing each other in the, the playoffs, we knew somebody was going to you know, lose out, if not both as such. So, you know, commiserations on the result. But the actual game itself, how do you feel it, it went from your point of view? Um, so well, when, when we'll cliche, isn't it, to say it was a game of two hours, I thought just just about shaded it over the over the first 45. No longer made a, a, a brilliant save 10 minutes before half time um, from a corner that was half cleared. Now lad smashed it towards the top corner. We've we've just watched the video uh, replay of it actually, and Long is completely unsighted by not only his own defender but one of our guys as well blocking his view, and he just flings up an arm. It was a Terrific, terrific save, but uh, as best as I can remember, that was about the only chance of the first half. Uh, second half, I'm sure Simon would have got in the ear of one or two of these players because you were uh-huh. unusually quiet, you know. We, we'd seen you against Sandbach, that was another occasion that was a little bit flat. I'm not talking about yes. on the carriage, I'm talking about on the pitch. Yes, yes. Um, and, 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 you know, you had a 15-minute purple spell if you like um, <laughs> where, where, where you know you turn us around a little bit and work midfield so you've got control of that the goal was scruffy um, yes. but after that uh, there was a penalty miss and the penalty miss came 60 seconds after Cy Everall had a wonderful chance and Alan Weston's come round to clear with Longy way out of his goal and I was stood diagonally behind Simon and it was a brilliant brilliant reading of the situation by the defender so it could have been 1-1 it could have been 2-0 and, it, and it's ended 1-0 and I didn't think there was a great deal between the sides, in, in all fairness. I think in the last five minutes, we put some great balls into the six-yard box. And by that time, we stood behind the goal with the rest of our supporters. And it was bobbling around and, you know, it just didn't, it just didn't land for us. I mean, the thing is, Paul, you know, if you analyse over the three games that we've played, two of them were massively intense uh, with not so much riding on them. And so from, from the perspective of the intensity, it wasn't quite there on Saturday and you know, there's been barely a, a sliver of glass between the sides over three games, I don't think. So, uh, yeah, we're disappointed. But, you know, if you're going to lose to anyone, uh, and I think you would have probably said the same thing. Exactly. We want to achieve Liverpool to go up, of course. Uh, absolutely. I mean, you've hit the nail on the head there. I think we all said going into the game, we knew it was going to be like another cup final. It was going to be scrappy. It wasn't going to be, you know, a comfortable footballing game where the ball got knocked about it. And it definitely had that feel about it. I don't think there's any... Um, you know, Perps fan that will that will say anything other than that our goal was kind of Mike Roberts was in the right part, right place. It kind of bubbled right for him, and he just managed to yeah. get it get enough on it to get it past your keeper. Um, yeah. So no, I, I think you're absolutely right. We were, uh, you know, luck is a massive uh, factor in this game of football itself, but the fact that we uh, that we were the ones that came out with the luck in the end, and and and, and as you say, at times it just didn't fall for you guys, right and. You know, I think everyone has commented about that that, uh, that clearance as such that Wezo did when Sai rounded Longy, and and I think just based on that and and the rest of, of the attitude from him, certainly he got our um, the fans' man of the match. You know, yeah. because because that stop had had such a, a major thing. Um, I think returning it the other way, I, I think for you guys, uh, Sai overall, you know. He, he, we knew he was going to be the major threat and I think we tackled that and probably kept him a bit quieter than he would have liked but it was your keeper yeah. I mean never mind the penalty save um, you know he, he, he might not have had a great deal to do at other times because he didn't have a great deal of shots but, but what he did and you know he played fantastically and I just wanted to make a comment to him as well that the amount of our fans who were behind his goal at the end um, the, the amount of respect and uh, you know the, the class that the guys got as soon as that final whistle went despite the result Turned around and shook every fan's hand behind the goal, and you know wished us luck for the final. 
So you know that 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 is a, a massive thing, and and that's a perfect example of of what you guys have been like as a club. Um, and that that's I think that's why we get on so well. And you know, on and off the pitch, or, you know, the, the the friendly nature between the clubs. Yeah, I think there's a I think there's a mutual respect because in a lot of ways. Um, I mean, you're pitching yourself as a community club and so are we, which is mm. some of the things that you do for the food banks and then, of course, the, the bucket collection on, on uh, Saturday for the for the Owen McVeigh Foundation. You know, I think that when we see things like that, you know, we tend to react to certain situations. We did it um, with St. Helens Town when, when Melissa Smile Fund, we, yes. we knew what that was all about, so we wanted to make a, a donation to that. And, you know, it, it's not just about um, handling yourself well on the pitch. It's about handling yourself well off it as well. And I think yes. we've won an awful lot of friends this season, not just in our own division, but I think I think the North West Counties uh, yes. spoke, if you like, you know, not not just the people involved in, in, in the first division. Everybody will have probably taken notice of what we have done. And um, we're proud of that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it is something you should be proud of. I mean, um, you know, it, it's sometimes it, it's not something that, that clubs make as a priority to work on and, and to think about, but you guys definitely have, and it, you know, it, it's well known the generosity of, of the club and the fans of, you know, of, of the away games that they go to and, and making a, a, a massive impact. And, you know, that donation that you guys made to the Owen McVeigh Foundation, you know, they were completely gobsmacked and overwhelmed. Um, you know, and, and things like that do go a long way. And as you say, you know, don't don't. It's not just football; it's outside of football as well. And you know, the charitable organisations. You know, you guys have made a massive impact. And and you know, and and it comes back to that, you know, respect and 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 the fact that you guys, you know, put yourselves about in, in a in a class way. Well, uh, I think there was a lot of emotion in the game on Saturday. And when the final whistle went, I, I, I got a, bit, a little bit teary, really. And, and it wasn't just the fact that our season was over and we hadn't achieved what we wanted to. Mm. It was the reception that we got from all four sides of the ground. Yes. And that's what made me well up a little bit because, you know, you thought, well, people really do appreciate what it is that we've tried to build because, really, you were building on sand. There weren't really any foundations in place. We'd had a, we'd had a terrible season. We'd swept clean right through and, and brought in a new management team, new players, lots of them youthful players at that, you know, so that's a good base to build on as well. And to be fair, they've had a terrific season, you know, in men's senior football for the first time, you know. I think we were when we were at Carlisle a couple of three weeks from the end of the season, like six teenagers we had in the in the starting eleven. So, you know, the future's the future's bright for us, although it's ended in disappointment on Saturday. We we you know you have to have a plan A and you have to have a plan B Paul. Plan yes. A obviously would have been what's the budget for the Premier Division. Plan B now we've got a committee meeting tonight. We know where we're at, and and we will go down the route of trying to improve what we've built on already this season because that's what it's all about is improving. Not for us finishing seventh next season because that's yeah. not progress. So that's what I wanted to talk about because obviously as you just touched on then, so last season it was you know it it, it was you know you finished bottom of the table. Um, luckily, that you know there was no relegation as such, and and then you you made the changes with your management team and and, and a lot of the squad new players coming in on the back of that, and the, the turnaround was absolutely tremendous. When 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 you knew things were changing, say like in the off season and the start of this season, what kind of were the club's expectations for for this current year? Was promotion something you were looking at or? Uh, no, it wasn't. Um, I think the first it was all done in stages basically. So if you look at it like a ladder. The first thing we wanted to do was to better last season's points total of 16. I think we'd done that before October kicked in. Yeah. Then we wanted to see whether we push into the top 10. We competed in the FA Bars for the first time in our history. We wanted to finish in the top 10 because that would have enabled us to apply for entry into the FA Cup, which we'd never done before. So, again, just creating a little bit of history for the football club. But I think the management team set themselves points targets throughout each month. And then after the course of each month, we'd sit down again and then review it. And as the season progressed and we were at the top of the league, probably around Christmas time, um, you know, then the focus probably came on. In fact, I remember Luke doing a, an interview with Ian, Ian Templeman after the Cheadle game in January. And he said, we want to finish in the playoffs. We were top of the league at the time. And I thought that that was a realistic statement because we'd seen Widnes turn us over properly uh, in our own backyard. They were the only side really to give us a bit of a hammering, and they did. Uh, and we thought they were capable of winning every single game. And, and they wobbled very, very slightly. So everybody saw with the 14-game winning spell we had at the end. Um, but we were, we were happy enough um, with our with our finishing the playoffs. We, 
it sounds like an excuse now, and I really don't want it to come over like that, but we were given eight league games to contest in the last 25 games, uh, 25 days of the season, rather, which is, you know, almost akin to a quarter of your programme in a month. Yes. And, and it told, there was a lot of travelling involved, and, you know, there were pivotal moments in the season which changed. We went to AFC Blackpool with 100 supporters going with us. We got momentum. It, the pitch was deemed unplayable for, for waterlogging, and... You know, that knocked us out of our stride, there's no question about it, because we were ready for that game. And it, it, we had five out of six games away from home postponed. And all that time, we kept seeing Liverpool, Charmer, Witness keep playing and racking up the points. And it makes it difficult when you're yes, playing Patrick. Yeah. You know, even, however good you are, you know, obviously you're doing all you can to win. We, we scored nine goals at Ashton and could have scored 15. Yes. And after that, we had have, we have four blanks in five. So it, it's funny, really, the way that it turns out. There was a lot of tired legs at the end. Uh, Simon being a prime example, you know, he ran himself absolutely into the floor on Saturday. And I'm not sure he had much more than a quarter of a tank at kickoff. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. I mean, I, I mean that's the thing. So it, it is one of those that when you, you, you look back at over the course of the season, you, to, to get to that point, as you say, after last season. Um, so going on then the next stage after this, you know, after this season is now obviously drawn to a close for you guys. What's next? What are the aims for next season? Is it a case of because you've done a fantastic amount of um, improvements off the pitch, um, and I, you know, so they'll all be sorted. Should be for for the start of next season. So that off the pitch, you're you're in a in a better state than than this season you started with. So obviously that hopefully should improve attendances as well, and then that more support can 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 help. So wh- where where do you see your guys next season? I think the next next season certainly will be promotion. Um, whether that came through the automatics or the playoffs, you take the playoffs and, and promotion all night and all day. Um, we'll look to strengthen the side and we'll look to strengthen it in key areas but much of it again depends on the budget um, at the start of the season you know our attendances you know, I very well remember Daisy Hill coming to Austin's Park in August and, and me saying to, to Luke I'll help you out because I wasn't actually I was involved with the football club but I was committed to uh, media activities at Shrewsbury Town for the season but I said no no I'll come along I'll have a look come on let's see if we can get 100 through the gate and we got 140 and then we got 160 and then we got 190 and 634670 and you're left pitching yourself because there's 10,000 people living in this town and we've got like a, a quite a connection with the rugby club as well whereby a lot of people like to go there on a Saturday afternoon but it's been surreal in, in many ways sitting next to Stoke City season ticket holders at the side of me at Yorkins Park and Stoke are entertaining Liverpool and we've got Holker and there's yes. that at the side of me and you understand what you've created so all of a sudden now the the whole dynamics have changed because next season we'll be starting with what we believe is a solid base of 150 supporters which once you pesky monkeys have, have gone out of the division might make us the best supported team again <laughs> um, you know, and we can build on that because we've got a decent travelling support as well as you saw on Saturday we, we thought there was about 200 up there yeah, there yeah definitely dotted around, around the corners there and so you know, we'll see new players we've got a, um, a pre-season programme where we think we're likely to host a couple of football league clubs and, and one decent non-league club but you've got to be careful even in your preparation there because if you get six stellar friendlies and you get beaten in them all I know pre-season is not the be-all and end-all but when you've got people coming up to your ground and watching what it's all about that's what we built yes. we built an interest last pre-season to get the people through the gates in the first place Absolutely. I mean, as you say, you know, pre-season works both ways, doesn't it? It's good preparation for the players, but it's it's probably not looked at as as how well it, it can be preparation off the pitch and, as you say, attracting new fans and, and, and things like that. Certainly if you've got showcase teams coming down and stuff like that. I know there's a little bit of a conversation afterwards, and um, I, I know me and you talked about it as well, about a possible friendly between our two clubs in pre-season. Now, whether that, that comes off with, with dates and things like that, we we don't know yet, but, um, I mean, that would be a fantastic occasion. Asian if we could, if it could happen. Yeah, I think I think we'd I think we'd probably assess that if uh, you beat Remica on Saturday as a Premier Division club. I think Paul Manning was saying that July the first is probably the only Saturday date, uh, date that's available, um, and you'd, you'd want it to be played on a Saturday, wouldn't you, Paul? That's the thing. Yes. Because, you know, getting people to come across from Liverpool on a Tuesday night or whatever. Is it, you know, even if the nights are, are long and, and the weather's fa- favourable. You don't really want people travelling. You want people to come to Yorkins Park and see the changes we've made since November because Absolutely. they will all be in place. Then. Absolutely, and I'm, I'm almost adamant that you know we'll be sending a, a good coach load of fans, even for a pre-season friendly. You know, yeah. if, if we come down to you guys, kind of thing, because we know it'll be a great and friendly and massive occasion 
as, as always is the meetings. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, the, the reception that we got when we left on, um, on, on Saturday night was still with me for a very long time. And at around 10 past five, when the players were still getting changed, the, the noise levels in the, in, in the bar were absolutely incredible. And I turned around to a gentleman and I said to him, why would you want to go to Liverpool and Everton and miss out on this? Um, I said, you know, football for a fiver, just listen to the passion and the noise, and it's building, you can tell it's building. Um, so, you know, like I said, we're both trying to create an event for people, one that they talk about, one that they look forward to coming along to, and you're much the same as ourselves, it goes beyond the football. I think there are a lot of clubs, and we've seen it ourselves, at the end of the game, we go into the bar, and there's nobody to be seen from the home club. It's like they play the game, they go home. Same about yes. the supporters. We stick around. I've taken pictures outside Jockey's Park at half past six when they've got beaten at home. And I think there's more people here drinking now. An hour and a half after the game, we've lost than some people pulled to a, to a league game. Yes. That was just 12 months ago, Paul. That was yes. just 12 months ago. So you have, to, you have to focus on the positives in disappointment sometimes. And, uh, you know, like I said, we've come out of it with a great deal of credit. Yes, we're disappointed. But when it comes to knockout football, um, you know, you could have pin a, pin a tail on a donkey between Liverpool and Liverpool, um, Allport and Sandbach. Absolutely. And I think a, a, penal, a penalty kick at one place and a, and a crabby goal at the other. And, I'm, you know, I'm not being disrespectful when I say it, but fine margins. You know, if it goes for you, great. And if it doesn't, you know, you're on the wrong end of a, a, of a defeat. It was very Absolutely. close. And, um, you know, we, we gave it everything we got. So we, we didn't want the players to come off the pitch uh, with any regret. That they haven't done this or they haven't done that, they gave the role, you can't ask anymore. No, absolutely. I think every single, you know, throw man on and off the pitch, you know, associated with Old Park can, you know, can take credit that they gave everything, you know, all season, not just on Saturday. And, you know, and, and that, that, that celebration on, on Saturday night for you guys, the party was, was well worth it. And, and, and any, uh, sore legs or sore heads the next morning were definitely, you know, well earned, shall we say. So do you know what, Paul? I, I, mean, I don't. I, I should have seen how much I spent, but I, I, I put way, way too much uh, cider down my neck. And when I was counting up the uh, balances uh, yesterday, I ended up taking my granddaughter out, and we bought her an ice cream, and I had my last ten pound in my pocket. And we went off, and she went on the swings, and we kicked the ball about for a while. And when I came back to where the ice cream van was stood, would you believe it? There was a ten pound note on the floor. I've never been so happy in my life. Picked it up, <laughs> pocket squared off. It's not all bad. It's not all bad. There's always a silver line, and there's always a silver line. Yes, mate. Yes, all right, mate. brilliant. Well, well, thank you for coming on. And I just wanted to say good for everyone at City Liverpool. You know, best of luck. Um, and obviously, actually turned as well. Be keeping an eye on the uh, on the final. I'm actually away on Friday, but I'll be listening from far far field, and hopefully, I get the job done there. Hello, I'm Alan Weston. You're listening to the Colcast. Okay, so Gary, a perfect result for us on a perfect day. It was um, the result that we were all wanting, to be honest, wasn't it? It was just, uh, when we were, when I was going to the match, I said to my dad, I can't even envisage not winning this game. I couldn't, I couldn't, not that I, not that I had an expectation that we would win, just, just, I couldn't even allow myself to, to, to appreciate how, yeah. how it would feel if we, if we lost that game. Um, and I think that out of the four teams, um, or sorry, the three other teams in the playoffs. I think we've played the hardest side in that semi-final match. Um, but yeah, it, it was great to get that win. So it's just one win away from going up, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, as you said, then. So I know I was feeling it certainly in the morning of the game. Um, the nerves where it was like a proper cup final. It was just like before we all went to Runcorn. Didn't sleep a wink the night before. I think I even put on. I think it was Facebook. We status about my backside was going five p fifty p. Just thinking the yeah. squeaky bum I mean, side. I felt it worse than the uh, than the, the game at Runcorn. Yeah. Because I suppose everyone at the club, the, the most important thing is going up. Yeah. And I think that it did leak onto the pitch as well. I think the players must have felt the nerves. It was four hundred seventy. 747 people yeah. there. Uh, it was a, a bumper crowd with a lot riding on it, and fair play to the lads for pulling off the boat because it was it was nerve wracking from the from the. It was a bit of a nervy game to be honest, mm. and, and and the whole uh, <coughs> the whole atmosphere and celebration of that match was 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 boosted by the Alport fans, wasn't it? With the way yeah. I mean, they had a drum and they had all like the balloons that obviously were filled with helium because they were just like stuck <laughs> to the ground. But, uh, but yeah, they could have done with a, with a, bit, I, of, yeah. with I, a bit of elevation. I but they were like, well, so at the cup game, it was more like um, a celebration, whereas when the goal went in, 
that Michael scored it was re- relief it was yeah it was like relief. and it was something to hold on to as opposed to the other games yeah. that we've played yeah. and it was it was a strange feeling because we haven't really had that all season have we we've had it's been very optimistic and I think it was it was um the game that was most evident that we can't afford to lose in, mm. yeah. wasn't it it was kind of because obviously we've had other games like that throughout the season obviously you don't want to lose the cup final like we won the other week but but this one it's kind of you know that if you've lost it, you're back That's in the it. first division again yeah. and your season's over really even though we would have had another cup final to play for but it's, it's just um, so I think more than any other, other game it was just the necessity not to lose because even if it was a draw and then we went into extra time you, you could still prolong the match but just not to lose the game you could tell that's all it wasn't a game that as well because it was very um, we'd have the ball yeah. then they'd have the ball yeah, yeah. Um, there, there was no kind of fluid no, football no, no, about it, it at all no that was what, it what, I mean I was inside trying to watch it through the window um, but one thing I, I kept picking up on the first half is I was wrong, wrongly quite critical of the headers and things like that. I thought, what's going on here? And you can see the nerves. And it was only at half-time, I was talking to a couple of fans and that. And they were like, look at the flags out there. The wind is causing a nightmare for it. And it seemed that probably edge added to the edginess of the players, the nerves. It's because, you know, they couldn't properly judge where the ball was coming down. It was in the back of the head or going straight well, over them. Completely. One thing that I noticed, which is strange, because you don't see it normally, especially both teams doing exactly the same thing. When one side had the ball, there was literally 11 men yeah. behind it. Yeah. And then when they relinquished possession, it would be the other way. Yeah. And they'd be yeah. 11, and they'd be Both the, sides yeah, were too scared to concede. Yeah, more, yeah, and yeah. it was, and it was very tentative. So probably on the back of that, it's probably right, and it? it's worked out that, that when we talk about the Man of the Match Awards, the ones that we're talking a lot about who put great, who not necessarily put great, better performances than the others, but the ones we're talking about. Danny Dalton got the opponent's man of the match yeah. talking about Wezzo got the fans and the rocket man of the match we're talking about Longy save after was it 20 odd minutes something yeah, like that the, the, the penalty save yeah. rather than a penalty miss um, Wezzo doing the cutback after Cy Everall got round the keeper it's all literally defenders well, we and keepers the, the, the goalkeeper they are the man, yeah. man of the match yeah. even and the goal itself it, it comes from them not being able to clear a ball yeah. Yeah. it was a scuff clearance and it was a snapshot that Ended up in probably the, nine times out of ten they would have cleared yeah, anyway yeah, same yeah. with us or whatever it was just that one occasion it bobbled at the well, right uh, time uh, you could look at that couldn't you and go well clearly you know these are two excellent sides these are two like freely goal scoring sides two sides that really should be gracing the Premier Division both of these teams so it, it looked as though they'd sharpened up both of them defensively because there was no real clear cut chances there wasn't really like that me- I mean I know like Longy tipped it over mm. and um, Simon Everall had that one where Long had come out of his goal and he went round and it was cleared by Wezzo but there wasn't really that much attack and play to the point that there was numerous chances for each side I think no, so I, I just think that that was that highlighted then yeah. the, the defences must have been um, drilled to kind of like yeah. make sure that we do not concede in this mm-hmm. match I mean that's the thing so one thing we've commented almost on a weekly basis uh, what Tom Spirit said on the, sh- uh, on the show a of, well, about a month or so ago now score a goal keep a clean sheet yeah. move on to the next one and that's exactly that's literally what we did it might have been nervy it might have been edgy but that is exactly what we did the goal you know, that was so always the plan on one. Yeah. yeah it was it was, um, yeah. It was we didn't change the way we played although we did sit back a little bit more than we did beforehand yeah but um, like I said, it, it gave us something to to keep hold of. Just saying about that, I wonder if that if that goal had happened in the first ten minutes, could we have been talking about a completely different game? Yeah, Which it would have been bombing everything forward because they had to score. We'd have probably been a bit more comfortable because we all, we were one up. You know, we, we could have been literally talking around. It was just you know, they happened, you know, third of the way into the second half or whatever. I, and, um, I don't know whether we, we, we would have done because if we'd have scored early on would we have then have been inclined to have sat back more or no but we'd have had more confidence on the ball we'd have probably tried to play it. our game they'd be chasing yeah. it yeah. and, and, and would have opened up gaps yeah. opened, which would have let our that would have suited our yeah. creative players, the players but I think the once ball. the penalty got saved and I will touch on that in a minute yeah. I think they came out the traps a bit more almost as though they were buoyed I put that on the yeah. last day update but they were buoyed by the penalty save yeah. because obviously if that had gone in that would have been game over that yeah. would have been like extremely and difficult that's the stuff like cup stories are made of isn't it penalty save you exactly. go down the other I, I, I spoke to my dad as soon as that save um, happened and he said that's the equivalent of them scoring a goal yeah. because we 
we've got we'd be disheartened by it mm. and look to defend whereas they'd be that's yeah. it's yeah. basically something that they can go out and take something from and we did I know, um, I know Paul Mano was speaking to the keeper after the game is like have you been watching videos of John Connolly and stuff like that and it was a case of no no I was just staring at him and seeing you know trying to read whether he was going to blag which way he was looking and stuff like that so you know credit to their keeper I'm just while we're on it you know credit to their keeper entirely for the fact that uh, uh, after the final whistle he literally turned around after the game and shook all of the fans hands behind the goal um, you know wished them luck in the final and stuff like that and, and that, that shows to the core of, of the mutual respect and friendship between I think the whole club was similar to that when you're going on Twitter yeah. it was from all the players mm-hmm. no matter who it was they were all saying the same thing good yeah. luck yeah, there's, a, there's, a, there's a mutual respect there's, there. even in the um, hospitality room afterwards Simon Everall Luke Goddard the co-manager yeah. Martin Wilde the secretary Mark yeah. all of them even all the lads that were coming in were all like you know go and do it go, you know, go and win good luck yeah. you played really well and I think I think clearly you can see how they they are as a club and how they are as a fan base that, that I think that mentality is drilled into that mm. club and it's really, it's a really positive, uh, good thing to yeah. see. To be similar values, that yeah, similar values. values and I think that's why our club um, yeah. has an affinity with them, and our fans have an affinity with their fans because we can see how they're running yeah. their club and how it's similar to the way. And, the and that's something that, that, that Martin's just touched on, kind of thing. The fact that it, it, it is the off the field, we both set, both clubs have that similar mentality and stuff. And and you know, I can quite happily and easily say. Yeah. That if it was the other way around and they got a one 0 win kind of thing with progression, we'd be exactly the well, same. We said with that them. last Absolutely week, didn't we? With Kev, with, yeah. with Kev, we said, you know, the likelihood is whoever wins the other one will be cheered and on yeah, to get to go for promotion. Definitely, could be surprised if there's a few all part fans, all part fans at the uh, game on Saturday yeah. cheering on us. Um, so obviously, we talked about the crowd, and that was the largest crowd that we've had at the DTS yeah. this season. So that's a fantastic achievement. And uh, one thing that, that definitely highlights the whole day for me was the bar afterwards. You know, within an hour of the um, the final whistle, the bar was still rammed, the singing was still going on. And all the all players, fans, and everyone were loving it. And even when they were getting on the coach, all of our fans were applauding yeah. and cheering them and, and stuff like that. And, and their fans, there was that kind of mutual respect. Um, you know, so credit to, to, to our fans as, as well. It was great as well, wasn't it? Because um, obviously we touched on before in the news that we had the Elmer Bay Foundation and we had a number of um, mascots wearing their t-shirts and Zach Harris was the little boy that we did a collection for when we went and played at Whitchurch he was their mascot and obviously he came on the pitch as well wearing one of those Omer face yeah. t-shirts so it's just even just that the fact that yeah. there was like the togetherness of that do you know what I mean the camaraderie of that there wasn't any like separation it was all like do you know what yeah you're the Whitchurch we've got our Mascots, but we're all joining in yeah. to highlight the Elmer Bay Foundation. Yeah. So it was just fantastic. Was it? I mean, uh, one of the things that surprised me as well with their fans is they were actually there was quite a few of them. Um, obviously, you get the normal like ground hoppers wanting programs and, and badges and stuff. And there's actually programs from the game on sale on eBay already. <laughs> you know, from ground hoppers and neutrals trying to trying to make a couple of quid um, out of that. But there was there were quite a few Allport fans who were actually buying our uh, woolly hats and stuff like that. It wasn't to do with the cold. It was like they wanted a memento. Yeah. They, they wanted something extra about our club and stuff like that so but then that also you could also say well actually and on the basis that we've been to a lot of most of the away games all season I've never seen a merchandise table yeah. in most of the teams that we've gone to this run as well as the one I was doing on Saturday <laughs> I wasn't going to add that, oh, right, but, okay. but now that you've mentioned it yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll carefully give you that but what I mean is I haven't seen merchandise being sold yeah. in, in the in the um, in the capacity that we have, so so also that might have played into the fact of they might have thought, well, we're coming to a ground where they've actually got things on sale for us to buy, whereas you don't usually see yeah. that at a weight ground. Yeah, it might be. Plus, obviously, your selling technique. Obviously, obviously, <laughs> years of uh, car sales. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> 
Delwitt. Okay, so obviously the other semi-final took place at the same time, um, and Remica won that one one nil against Sambach. Uh, so that's who we meet in the final, and we shall talk about that shortly. Yeah. Okay, so two games to preview, and bloody hell, they are big games. As we just said, a playoff final on Saturday away at Remica, uh, and then the Macron Cup final uh, up at Fleetwood on Tuesday versus Barnaldswick Town. So the playoff game first, then Gary. We were picked to third place by Remica in the end, and they've been on good form towards the end of the season. But what can we expect? Um, do you know what? You're right. They have been in good form, but their form is not as you would expect it to be. And what I mean by that is they've had lots of games, haven't they, where they've scored lots of goals in a match and, and dominated games. And even though their last few games they've won. It's it's been like by one nil or by two one or it's 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 almost as though they've been much closer uh, results yeah. than you would have anticipated and you would have expected because of the way that they've been playing throughout the season. Um, obviously, we've played them um, three times this season, as everybody knows. In the FA Vars on the eleventh of September, we got beat two one. Seven hundred and eleven attempts, David Wood scored a penalty. Twelfth of October, we played away. At Litherland, 1-3-2. Matthew Williams scored two. Tom Peterson scored one. That was in front of 321 um, attendants. And then the top of the table clash, which was uh, the hype surrounding that, was immense at yeah. the time. 21st of January, we got B4 to at home. That was when they just flew out the, yeah, out the blocks, yeah. wasn't it, from the kickoff? Um, Tom Peterson and Dave Ford scored. Um, what's weird is um, they are currently in fourth in the form table because even though the season's ended the fact that we're still playing cup games and playoff games adds to us in the form table so we can move up and down the form table so they're fourth in their last six games they've won five drew one and lost none scored 11 and conceded two and what's weird about that is we are exactly the same we've played six won five drew one lost none scored 11 and conceded two and we're ahead of them in third because They've drew a, a game later on than what we did, so we've won more of the last the so last, many games yeah. than what they have. So if the full table was based on the last eight, three games, yeah, exactly, we'd, be, we'd yeah. be higher, but it's exactly the same, which is strange to say. Okay. So, I mean, obviously we have got a bit of history, and, and I can de- I'll can i never forget, and I'm sure a lot of fans were there that day, that, that 4-2 defeat at home, um, and I can still see, it, it almost felt like we were scared and, and things like that. Do you think there's going to be, because of those past meetings, the fact that we've only won one um, at their place, and we've lost the other two at ours, do you think that the player's going to take more into the game, never mind the fact that they're a local rival? I think the fact that it's a local rival, you don't need any... You don't need any more motivation than that. The fact that it's a final as well. It, it's, I think, you're playing your, your, your derby. Yeah. Yeah. Challengers well, shouldn't have to say a word in there, especially after the, I didn't. I wasn't after four two running, but they, they can't afford to not come off the blocks this yeah. time. They, if you can't play in games like this, you can't go for games like this. Yeah. You shouldn't be playing. That's. I just think that. Um, Regardless of who we were playing, the fact that it's a playoff final and you're 90 minutes away from promotion, there wouldn't need to be any more than that to, to, to G you up for the game. If if you if there was any space left to, to G you up anymore, throw into yeah. the mix that it's Liverland. Yeah. Then um, there's, of course our players and our fans are going to be up for that. But it's weird you were talking about four two defeats. It's 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 like. That game was just... It was it was bizarre, that game, because it, it kind of... Uh, we were totally scared in that game, and we were, we were dominated in that match, I think, and we just didn't know what to do because of the way Litherland came at us. Yeah. And whether they were G'd up by the crowd, um, because obviously it was, a, it was a greater attendance than what they was at a day ground, I don't know. But the teams just want to beat us. Yeah. That's what, that, that's the, I think yeah. that's the be-all and end. All these seats, if yeah. they only think this... this, this we want to beat you and, that, and that's that I think and like you said if you take nothing else yeah. it is a final <coughs> of course it is if you, you shouldn't need any more mm-hmm. no no like if, 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 if you win the weekend yeah. you're, you're up yeah. you're, 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 you're with the big boys the, in the Premier League that's the be all and end all exactly. I mean let, let, let's switch it from the negative of that 4-2 and that was it 3-2 at their place yeah. so in, if they did three times we met them only once at their place and we won 
so it's always a, a weight well, exactly, team that's won. So it, the, yeah. the omens are there for us. Um, we talked last week about the fact that um, the winners of the Royce Cup in the last few years have all been promoted. Yeah. Those omens are in our favour, kind of thing. Um, there's been a lot of talk about the ground and the pitch. Um, you know, make sure you you bring your binoculars with you to the game um, on this one for those that were there last time because it's a fair distance to the pitch across that running track. But you know. Remica over the course of the season haven't been as good at home as they could have been, and that's probably why the, you know one of the reasons why they may not have been in the top two. I mean, to so be fair, it benefits to us that they're playing at home. Yeah, to be fair to them, their home form isn't isn't bad. I mean, they've only lost five at home, we've lost four at home, so it's not like they've been abysmal, yeah. abysmal at home. It's just that they've done better away from home. But it's it's. You know, when you look at their points uh, share between home and away, it's not it's not greatly different. Um, but yes, the fact does remain that they've played, they've had better performances yeah. away. Okay, so in terms of tickets, um, we're recording this on Tuesday night, so we're talking now, and there's no mention at all of anything like all tickets or, or anything like that. There's been no officially announced uh, any prices, so we're assuming it's going to be the usual league prices, um, but obviously because the, the setup of this cup competition, they have to charge kids as per league rules. Um, finally got confirmations this morning. Um, there isn't actually a stated capacity for the, for the Leatherland Sports Park because it's uh, like an open sports ground as such. Um, however, the, there will be discussions between league club representatives just in terms of health and safety, uh, catering facilities, that kind of thing, and they'll probably put a cap on it. Bring a ladder. It's well. Being a ladder, yeah, yeah. Ever. It'll probably be at least fifteen hundred that it's going to hold. So more than likely, we're not going to get anywhere near that. Yeah. Um, to, to 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 worry about not getting in. However, you know, going on to other things, the issue will be just just to make sure of that because there'll be a lot of neutrals there and a lot of people from other teams <laughs> want to see get there early and see what's going on. You know, to to make sure that you can get in. Um, in terms of parking. Um, it is a public sports centre, so it's a public car park. No yeah. parking spaces can res- be reserved for like the team coach or car cars or like that. So more than likely, it's going to be rammed all day. So it might be best either thinking of somewhere else to park or have a look at bus timetables because we won't be doing a coach that kind of thing. So so be aware of that. And also the way that the ground is, uh, that the sports centre is built. When we played in the league game, they had like a beer tent. Yeah. So it, it's kind of everybody kind of is funneled into like a particular place. So therefore, it's not like our ground uh, at DTS where you've got like the the, the bar and, and the stands where you can all walk around. It's almost kind of like that's the only building at yeah. the back of the stadium. So it's kind of everybody's funneled into that. And obviously, in the middle of that is like the tunnel where the players come out. So it can get quite congested there. Yeah. Really. As as we said, you know, there's something they will have a beer tent on, and you know, hopefully, it'll be run as well as it was last week at the Cold Linnets at the Royce final on that one. Okay, so uh, then four days after, we are making the trip up to Fleetwoods Highbury, um, not the one old one in London, but for the Macron Cup final versus Barnoldswick Town. So we've never played them before, obviously, because they're a Premier League side. So how have they got on this season? Um, They've finished um, the Premier League season in 11th on 56 points. They won 16, drew 8, lost 18, scored 78, conceded 75. So the, the, that, that tells you that they um, they concede quite yeah. a few goals. I mean, obviously 78 is not a bad amount to score in the Premier Division, um, but conceding 75 goals in 42 games is a fair amount. Yeah. Um, they finished the season in fifth in the form table though and that I think that's more to do with the fact of their cup games towards yeah. the end of the season um, now if you look at how they progressed to the final they um, in the second round of the Macron Cup they played Camelier at home and won 2-1 and if you if you think back to the season I think Camelier won about 30 odd games before they even got their first win Yeah. so a 2-1 win wasn't like a massive scoreline in the third round they played Abbey Hay away this game was postponed twice and on the third occasion they played they drew nil-nil um, after 90 minutes after extra time it was one all and then Bon Aldrich beat Abbey Hay 4-3 on penalties they then played Witness in the quarterfinals at Witness and won 1-0 and then as everybody knows they played Bootle in the semi-final got beat 1-0 at Bootle in the first leg sorry got beat 1-0 at Bootle or is it the other way around? Got beat 1-0 in the first leg and won 3-2 at Bootle in the second yeah. leg. Sorry, yeah. Um, 
to go through on away goals. Now, obviously, in comparison to ourselves, we played press switch in the first in the second round of the cup, one three one away. And we played two one at home to Premier Division side Hadley Town. That game was previously postponed. We won two nil. Then we won two nil away at Silsden in the quarter final. That's when um, Elliot Nevitt made his debut and scored. Then obviously Chadden in the semi final got beat two nil at home in the first leg. Turned it round in the second leg, winning four three on penalties. So yeah, it's going to be a good game. I definitely. I mean that Bootle one. That, I mean the second leg, everyone was expecting Bootle to just kind yeah. of walk over, weren't they? It was. A, well, it was. Was, weird. It, was it two late goals or something like that? It was two think? late goals, but the, um, Bootle actually played Barnaldswick three times in a row. Yes. So they played the first leg with Bootle won one nil. Then they played a league game. I think Bootle won six yeah, two or six nil big. or something like that. Um, and then days later they played the second leg and they were winning 2-1 and two quick goals sorry they were, yeah they were winning 2-1 and two quick goals for Juan yeah. Aldrich made it 3-2 so right. so you know it'll be definitely a bit a cup final two teams that they kind of know there's no reason why we can't beat them though to be honest no, because the, like I say they finished 11th it's not like you know Hanley Town finished higher in their first season in the Premier League and we beat them 2-0 okay um, so in, in terms of things like that so you know th- this literally will be the final game of the season so regardless of the, of the playoff result whether it's good news or bad news you know we're going into this one knowing that we could be celebrating a cup double yeah. now how many times that ever happens never mind again in the first season um, it, it often makes me laugh the fact that we did the poll earlier in the season and after, well, after we had Simon on yeah. Simon was always champions you know first place and no no issues no you know no ifs no buts that's all that we want so we put it out on Twitter and obviously you guys listened and, and voted that you would rather have a playoff win and two cup, cup wins as well. And, you know, we're, we're dead on course for that yeah. as well. So maybe Simon Burton is a partisan <laughs> and he, uh, he, he's heard the call from, from what people want and that's what he's delivering. We touched on it last week. I think if we beat uh, Liverland in the playoff final, we will win the cup against Barnaldry. The, I the think confidence going into it. And, and we touched on it last week, didn't we, by saying... I think it benefited the Whitchurch game by the fact that we won in the cup against Sandbach because if we'd have lost that cup final, you would have been the nerves would have been shot against yeah. Whitchurch anyway because it was a semi-final playoff. But then to think, well, hold on, we've we've been in a big massive game and we didn't perform and we've lost it. So I think we touched on it last week with Kev that yeah. that cup win took a bit of the pressure off. And I think if we beat Netherland, that was the main aim to have got promotion to then go and play. That would be a fellow, even though we wouldn't officially yeah. be in the Premier League, it would be a, a fellow Premier Division side yeah. because we would have been promoted side. Um, I think we can relax more then and just think, you know what, yeah, we can win the treble mm. if we've already got the main aim. Yeah, so it's there. Um, so in terms of tickets for this one, it is pay on the gate. There's no ticket issues and or anything like that, so you don't need to queue up overnight or, or hassle share them out for tickets. Um, for spares so it is just pay on the gate it's six quid for adults four quid for concessions and two quid for under 12s again because it's a cup competition and FA rules we've got a charge for children um, hospitality seats are available um, if you want to if you're interested I think it was like 22 quid and you can contact the league however um, no jeans and trainers are allowed so I'm pretty sure most perps don't want to you know, be going there without the Adidas on so um and it is a capacity of something like 5,327 officially, so I'm always saying there's not going to be any issues with the lockout. <laughs> on, on, a, on a course to wait on a Tuesday on a night, Tuesday night. Yeah, yeah. I don't really think there'll be a capacity yeah. crowd. Uh, Bon Aldrich have been tweeting all week saying about they're obviously promoting that they've got coaches and stuff, and I think their coach leaves at 6 o'clock and the clubhouse is open from 5, and I was thinking if we get our coaches early enough, we could go to their clubhouse, have a few drinks to their bar, and then I looked at the map and I thought, no, no, it'll just be easier to go straight up. So, uh, Talking about coaches, um, Dean is organising it as always a coach for this one, um, and he has got seats left as far as I know. So you know, obviously this is going to be going out the night before they get. It might be a bit last minute, but if you do want to go, then you can contact him and give him a text. Um, his number is 07946 817151. That's 07946817151. So give him a text um, if you want to get on that coach if he's got any seats left. Okay, so it's time to see if the guys can beat the question. So obviously an easy one to send, there's more for the people at home and then now they're looking at each other. So let's hear the question again. So who is the only current First Division side to have won the Macron Cup and when? Who did we play the other day? Was it Bacon? 
Yeah. I'm going to say them. Okay. Um, I'm going to say Abbott and LR. Okay. Only because I know they won the title two years running. So I'm hoping they were a cup winning title as well. Okay, what's, what's your, that's your reason I behind your wrong, answer. Yeah. What's your reason behind Well, when we turned up at the grounds, yeah. at a big up grounds, <coughs> there was a sign in the back on the stadium which said something... Macron Cup winners. But it was, <laughs> no, it was, whatever, it was, it was whatever the, one of these two cups, whatever it was called, a couple of years ago, so yeah. I'm opening it. There was me thinking you'd read my piece of paper with me answer on. It is actually Bake Up one of them won it. Um, and they've actually won it twice. In 2003, I 2004. Yeah, I did not look at your paper. Yeah, that's why I put it in small print and italics, it's hard as me. And 2011, <laughs> 2012. I'm going to have to figure something else here. I'll have to write it on the side of the answer. Well done. I remember it. Well I should, done, right facing the dugout. There was a. In fact, I'm going to get a picture of it and post yeah. it on Twitter. On that's Twitter. that's your ground hopper, uh, you know, following the perps, knowledge coming through there. Well, well done, mate. Okay, so that's it for this week. So thanks, Gary, for coming. Thank on. you. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, Paul. As always. All right, seeing us out this week in our double final week is. Mark's choice and what have you gone with this week? Uh, I forgot what I've gone It's the with. pies, isn't it? Oh, the pies, yeah. Um, this is your time. Okay, nice one. <laughs> um, so, games in football don't come much bigger than finals, and we've got two of them in our final week of the season. Get yourself to both games and give the lads your absolute all, and we could be celebrating a major haul of silverware in our debut season. Thanks for listening, and see you at the match. This is your time. This is your time.